Hey kids, it's your old pal Sanders checking in. The holidays are around the corner. You know how I know? I was in Home Depot today, and they were playing Christmas carols. In the Christmas tree section. On November 13th. It was 65 degrees in New Jersey today. I'm wearing shorts and looking for topsoil, but all I can find are Star Wars Christmas-themed lawn inflatables. But don't bemoan the fact that the holiday season is now a solid two-month-long commitment. No, embrace it. Put a little egg in your nog. Get your naughty on. Stuff a loved one's stocking. Forget about Black Friday or Cyber Monday. If you ask me, now is the perfect time to get a little Christmas shopping done. Oh, what's that you say? Sanders, I got two kids now. I don't have time to shop. I say let the big one watch the little one and get on with it. Sanders, I'm so stressed right now. I'm going to take an Ambi and have a glass of wine and head to bed early. Well, isn't that how you got those two kids and all that stress in the first place? Sanders, I had a bad experience at the mall. Last Christmas, I got food poisoning from P.F. Chang's lettuce wraps. I hear you. I know life is hard and your time is tight. And your constitution isn't what it used to be back when you could down 18 cores lights and two zigwitches before calling it a Tuesday night. That's why the two sorry excuses suggest you do all of your holiday shopping online this year. That's right. Head over to TwoSorryExcuses.com and click on the Amazon.com banner. Do all your shopping from the convenience of your keyboard. Don't know what to buy your favorite orange man or orange woman? Head into the TSEC Orange Emporium for a list of our favorite orange-themed Amazon items. It's as easy as that. Go to TwoSorryExcuses.com, click on the Amazon banner or the Amazon link in our menu bar, and start shopping. By clicking on the Amazon link found on TwoSorryExcuses.com, you get all the great prices, service, and convenience that you enjoy when shopping on Amazon, and your old pals at TSEC get a little love for every item you purchase. So visit TwoSorryExcuses.com, click on the Amazon banner, and start your holiday shopping today. Now, on with the show. Welcome and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the lobby of Kraus Heinz Hall. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. It's episode 45, the Otis Hill edition. The Otis Hill edition, nice. Um, hey, have you been uh, following uh, what's going on on campus uh, with the uh, student protests in, in Kraus Heinz Hall? I... I've seen about, you know, back and forth. I haven't followed that closely, but I mean, I think this all started rising at the beginning of the school year, right? And then it reached a fever pitch last week. Students took over Kraus Heinz or something. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I had to do a little, uh, a little research this afternoon to even figure out what was going on. I've seen a couple things on Twitter. Um, and um, I have seen a few uh, Daily Orange alerts uh, come across my email or whatever. But I had to look up where um, 
where Krauss Heinz Hall was. <laughs> I had to look it up on a on a campus map. And I was like, oh, it must be one of these newfangled buildings. But it's not. It was there when we were there. It's like it opened an in 19... 19- building, isn't it? It's the administration building. And it... Well, first of all, uh, can there be a few more... Um, prominent families in the Syracuse area besides the Krauses and the Heinzes. Yeah, yeah. For Christ's sakes, how many well, how uh, many buildings do they have? HBC was Huntington Beard Kraus. Then there's Kraus Hall, yeah. which is that the VPA building up on the hill, right? Yeah, I mean Kraus was they were um they were a they ran the steel mill or something, didn't they? They must have, because they're South Cross Ave. Yeah, I mean, I think that was their business. I think it might have been Crucible Steel, possibly, or something like that. And the hospital is... Yeah, it's Krauss Hospital, serving. yeah. So, um, I had to look up where Krauss Heinz Hall was. It's an administrative building, and there's a... The reason we wouldn't have gotten there um, is because it's down on the corner of... I guess it's University... Um, and Waverly, so it's between University and Waverly. Okay. At that end of campus. Well, and what the hell happened to the Tolly administration building? Uh, that was all. The, that was everywhere you had to go when I was there. Yeah. Remember that one? Oh, um, was that where you had to go when you did your ad drop and your registration? Um, that was. See, I don't think you technically had to go in there, but it wasn't far from it. It was near. It was near Maxwell and Edgar's and all that, and it's one of those red brick buildings. All right, it's you know, uh, cool looking old building. It's Google Maps time, so let me uh, let me pull up my Syracuse University campus map. I was in arts and sciences, so I only yeah. ever went to the Hall of Languages and then whatever other building I needed to go to. To yeah, fulfill, well, I was, like, I was prereqs. With a political science major, so I was in arts and sciences in Maxwell. So everything, I was in Hall Languages or Maxwell slash Eggers, you know? Which was all pretty condensed, right? Oh, wait. Krauss-Heinz, that's the... That's what used to be the school of management. No, 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 no. It, it used to be the old school of management. Then when they opened, like, the whatever, the Whitmore building or... What is it called? Whitman. The Whitman, Whitman Building. Whitman School of Management or whatever. Yep. Yeah, we have, okay. Right. But um, I'm saying what it is, that's what it looks like. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so, okay. I had a class in there. Okay. Yeah, I, I, don't, have, I don't remember it. I, I yeah, don't remember it at all. I had a couple of classes in there, and I know I had a class freshman year, and all it said was SOM. You remember on the schedule? Oh, it was, What's that? School management, right? School management. I remember thinking, I was like, SOM. I was like, what's that? Sodomy? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, see, that was way off the beaten path. I was in, you know, Hall Languages, Heinz Hall, Lehman Hall, or Lyman Hall. Um, You know, took a couple um, physics building classes, but all right on the quad, all right there. So I never went down the hill to... Uh, oh, see? It wasn't the administration when we went there. When the yep. Whitman School of Management Building was constructed in 2005, Krauss Heinz became home to offices such as academic affairs, admissions, the chancellor's office, and the provost office. 
Yeah, all that stuff used to be like in Tali. Okay, so Kraus Heinz is where the business students went when we were there. That was their building. Yeah, that was the school of management. That's okay. what it was when we were there. All right. Okay, so I know exactly what building that is. Yep. Um, still, never had a reason to go in there, never took yeah, a business I had a class. There. I remember I had a – I can't remember. I remember the guy that was in the class with me, this guy John DiNapoli. I remember I was in a class with him. That must have been my last year there. And I remember we used to have a class in there. It might have been one of these BS – like world political geography or something like that. Something I was taking like just to fulfill requirements to graduate, you know? So where was the Tully administration building? It's near, it's near, uh, I think it's near Maxwell, like right by it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's like, a, like one of those, you know, circular, I don't know what you call that type of design with the, with the cap on top type of thing. It's kind of a cool looking building. Yeah, yeah, next to Hall of Languages. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. When you're standing at the bottom of the hill there, um, I can picture it in my mind. Yeah, okay. it's like between Hall of Languages and, and, and Maxwell and all that and, stuff. And Maxwell's a relatively new building, right? Edgar's is new. Maxwell's old. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably when you were there is when they, were, when they started or when they finished Edgar's because it was all like brand new when I got there. Yeah, you couldn't park back there. There used to be a parking lot that they closed off to do construction, and that's what they ended up. Uh, that's what they ended up putting there is Edgar's, which was a real nice building, right? Yeah, it was really nice. It was. Um, I mean, they should have a bunch of money in that because it's like the top program in the country for all for like public administration, and all that type of stuff, you know. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, the, is it only the, um, graduate program? No, no, it was all the undergrad too. All all the undergrads got? Yeah. Like if you were like, I was a political science major. Like if you were any of those type of majors, international relations, anything, technically you were in arts and sciences and Maxwell. So what was your degree in political science? What's that? What's your degree in political Political science? science. I got a minor in econ. I was going to get the double major, but then I was like, all right, I can take the four more classes to get the major in econ, or I can fuck around and take electives. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I have one degree in the pocket. You know, why, why am I going to bust my ass for another one? Right, right. That's a spirit. <laughs> that's a Syracuse spirit. I think that's exactly what these kids are protesting, man. You're right to fuck off. <laughs> well, I mean, may, you probably know more about this, but what I'm thinking is I know there was people getting pissed off early in the year about them cutting back on programs geared towards minority students and minority student recruitment and those issues. I know that was a, like, you know, two months ago. Right. That's what I was reading, that, that there was that was causing a ruckus. Like there was just small basic protests, like, you know, 30 people picketing outside. And I have a sense that that's what this became. Is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah. It it spawned from, I guess the diversity and, and, and transparency protest, um, that I think a bunch of those small protests organized into what was a, was a pretty sizable protest on campus and ended up, 
kind of spilling over into this Occupy movement. And, you know, kind of at first, you know, being 20 years removed from from the university, being, a, you know, a, a middle-aged, you know, kind of curmudgeon, yeah. I, you know, I kind of just was like, oh, really? Come on. Because while I was there, I looked at the university, I looked at my education, and I looked at everything that went into it as a consumer experience. Yeah. You know, I was kind of paying for an opportunity. I was paying for um, an experience. And not that I would have done it, but in retrospect, if I was unhappy, my move would have been to no longer consume that product. Yeah. Go to a different school, you know, find, uh, you know, a different avenue, do something else. But, um, you know, and kind of looking at what they're, you know, what they're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to, to, to stand for, uh, there were, there were groups and, 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 and I don't want to say movements, but organizations and, and students, well, even while we were there who kind of, you know, looked out for the greater good. And I was thankful to have them, you know, yeah. whether um, it was the African student movement or the student government association, like, you know, people would get in front of, you know, a shine student center and hand out pamphlets or, or generally, you know, exercise their right to assemble. And, yep. you know, I never turned my nose up at them. I never looked at them cross-eyed because I kind of always saw them as engaging in part of the college experience I never wanted to. And I was engaging in the part that they didn't want to going yeah, to flip you night. Were, you were partying and they were protesting. Exactly. And it was, it was a symbiotic relationship. So uh, I think where these guys are falling a little short is I think they're coming off. Uh, they're coming off a little disorganized. I think they're coming off, uh, you know, looking a little immature Yes, their presentation. some of the things I saw, like letters or whatever in the DO and op-eds seem to be, yeah, you guys were cool and everything, and we understand your cause, but you're kind of losing support by your tactics. Yeah, it's, it's time to give up. Like, come to the negotiating table. We've, we've opened it up. We want to talk to you guys. Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Let's, that- let's move it along. Well, that's the problem with protests. You know, you always have people with different motives who who want to hop in and they and they kind of um, you know screw it up for the for the people who are sincere in their beef. You know, I was uh, reminds me of um, my act of civil disobedience uh, was uh, 1988, the spring of 1988. I was in eighth grade at Carl W. Getz. Uh, middle school okay and um it had been tradition for the march uh not there was no marching band it was a concert band like a like an orchestra yeah. a school band to play the pomp and circumstance um and national anthem at the beginning of the ceremony and play out the you know the graduates or whatever they called them the eighth graders uh, after they they had the moving up exercise, yep. But in this particular year, um, the the members of the band didn't want to play at graduation. They wanted to walk in 
with the, um, they wanted to walk in with the class. They wanted to sit with the class. They wanted to leave with the class. Oh, and they would make the people who are actually graduating play? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of lousy. Okay, well, well, a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of, of my classmates uh, um, took issue with that and, and put together a protest and had all the eighth grade band members sign the protest and um, brought it to the principal. And I was among that group. I don't even know why I was still in the band. I hated being in the band. I tried to quit the band in fourth grade or fifth grade. I remember I wrote my parents a little note, you know, left it on the counter and told them that I wanted to quit the band because I didn't have the guts to tell them, you know, face to face. But for some reason, I ended up staying in the band. Not only did I stay in the band through elementary school, I stayed in it until middle school. What did you play? I was a saxophone player, but I was really, really bad. So uh, at every I oppor- did that for about four months. <laughs> halfway through the year, I quit because I, was, I didn't practice enough. I was terrible at it. Yeah, I was pretty bad. But as I moved through the ranks, they kept giving me the instrument that was most forgiving and most conducive. So like I went to baritone sax, which is the huge sax that Lisa yeah. Simpson plays. Yep. And there's not a lot of there's not a lot of music written for the baritone sax, so it's only two or three notes you really have to master. Yeah, uh, I was playing the alto sax, generally. Right. And yeah. then the next level up is the uh, tenor sax with like the gooseneck yeah, that's the one Kenny G plays, I think, right? And Doesn't and those guys, uh, no, Kenny G, I think, uh, no, Kenny G plays the the alto sax, no, soprano sax. It looks like a clarinet, I think. Yeah, it looks something like that. I always thought it was it. Yeah. Um, so I was bad, but I was in this group that was protesting. Um, you know, the eighth graders right to, to walk with their, with their class. And our attempt at social protest was literally like, uh, you know, a college line, three hole punch notebook paper with a bunch of kids signatures on it. And the principal um, brought us in, um, and she sat us down. I was like, listen, I know what you guys are trying to do, but you look like a bunch of clowns. You hand me this paper, it looks like garbage. She's like, I can't take you guys seriously. Organize yourselves, write a letter, you know, do steps A, B, and C, and then we'll come up with a compromise. And, you know, eventually we came up with a compromise. You know, we sat down with the man and we earned our right to, um, you know, walk. I, I forget what it was. I think they made a deal like we walked in ahead of time, sat, played, and then we were able to walk out with the class, you know, as graduates or whatever. But um, I was so bad that they gave me the honor of conducting the band instead of actually playing with the band. So yeah. we, had, we had this conducting class. You could take it as an elective. Yeah. And for some reason, uh, the teacher loved me. And she let me conduct the... Um, she let me conduct the ceremony instead of actually playing with it. So I was psyched. Because I sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's a lot easier to fake your way through conducting than it is to fake your way through playing. Oh, of course, yeah. And I got to walk in with my class. So um, so listen, here's the the bottom line is to all the... Um, I, I don't even know how to, to 
to say or pronounce what this move. I think it's called the student body or something, but it's all capital letters, T H E. I don't know if it stands for anything or it has to. It must, but here's my um, here's my plea. You're the laziest version of the McNeil Lair report there is. <laughs> it must. I'm sure. Either of us is willing to look it up. <laughs> well, here's the problem with this new um, this new recording setup that we've got going. It's very sensitive, so anything I do um, gets picked up. So um, uh, I'm no longer able to really kind of look stuff up so okay. um, we're just gonna go with yeah it must stand for something yep sure let's say it stands for terrible haters everywhere i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so here's the two sorry excuses message to you terrible haters everywhere yes <laughs> okay, conduct the band man don't play in the band yep conduct the band Fake it till you make it, and everything works out in the end. Well, my limit of uh, any type of protest I used to do at Syracuse, which I'm sure I told you about before, was I would stand in front of that wall in front of the chancellor's house, and I would say, Chancellor Shaw, tear down this wall. (laughs) Uh, Did he ever answer? No, never. <laughs> like, who's the idiot that's paraphrasing Ronald Reagan again? <laughs> it would be funny if he um if he yelled back over the wall. Yeah. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Yes. <laughs> I always say that to my niece, you know. I hang out. I'm always like, roads, where we're gone. We don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> She's 14 years younger than the movie. She doesn't even understand what the hell, why I'm always saying it. <laughs> it's like, it was so popular, Ronald Reagan even used it in his speech. <laughs> uh, and uh, when you go, hey, you know what today would be? She's like, I know, I know. It would be the day that Marty McFly goes back in time. <laughs> Gotta go back in time. Uh, <laughs> um, oh you just you just have one niece, one teenage niece. I I have two nieces, but uh, only one teenage niece. You know, the other she's, ones in her twenties, and she's kind of a mess. She um, this is the one who works at the zoo. And, yeah, yeah. And whose daughter is it? That's my sister Mimi. It, who is two years younger than me. Um, she's, you You know Mari. You don't know Mimi. Mari's younger than Mimi. Mari was the one that I had to sling over my shoulder back in 03 when we were down here. <laughs> I, came across, I came, and in my unpacking, I came across that picture the other day. I was like, oh, I got this. I got an actual picture of this. Uh, that's great. <laughs> think you might have taken the picture in fact i probably did i probably did. yes i did meet Mari. i had like a disposable camera <laughs> <laughs> and we had to bring her home to my house to my mother's house you mike and i uh-huh. you know i had to climb her in i remember i remember i took that picture and i scanned it on the computer and i put in 
text because I was like at the limits of my ability to do anything Photoshop and said, she liked the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't with us, right? We just randomly found her. Yeah, I think she was down there with some other friends, you know, and she met up with us, you know, and 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 we'll leave that alone there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, that's who you you're. Uh, you're always meeting at a concert or um, going to jazz fest. She's got a boyfriend. Um, that's who I was at the jazz fest thing with, with the fish show. It was mm-hmm. her, yeah. Because uh, well, your other sister's married, right? Off and on. What? Because your other sister's married. Yeah, yeah. Sloan's mom is married. In fact, today is her anniversary. Oh, well, happy anniversary, Mimi. Yeah. So Mimi and Damien, today was their anniversary. Same day as... It's also Brian Peters and Carla's anniversary today. Oh. Yep. November 13th. It's a big day. It is a big day. Speaking of which, I just got an um, email. I don't know if you checked your email before, uh, I did. before we logged on. Congratulations to Brian Peters and the staff of the Poorhouse for being one of the top 100 rated breakfast joints by Playboy magazine. I already replied to him, too. But I didn't do a reply all because that annoys me. Yeah, that annoys me too. People that do reply alls, like it's like, you know, especially that's the problem with text messages. There's group messages. You can't. It's, <laughs> there's no like reply just to you. So I get a whole series of inside jokes between <laughs> the four bears of eleven oh six. You know, right, right. Which really got your panties in a ruffle the other day. <laughs> well, you know why? Because my phone doesn't vibrate anymore. Okay. So it just keeps pinging every two seconds. Right. And then the other day, like, after you th- think the shit's already over, it's like Saturday morning. Boing! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, Dave Wilder, I reference. Nice. <laughs> you know, there's a limit to how... The lifespan of a group text message shouldn't shouldn't be gone on five days later. No, know? no, no. You're right. You're right. It should be it should be like an hour. And I've already professed my disdain for the group text message. However, yes, you freely availed yourself of it in this particular instance because I had something funny to say and I wanted the whole world to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did respond to Brian's. To Brian's text message, I just want to tell you because you might appreciate it considering other conversations we've had about Playboy rankings in the past. Right, right. I I told him, sweet, congratulations, Beep. And I asked him, is there any truth to the rumor that Playboy named it the best place to get a beach while eating French toast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very clever. And nice use of a loophole to make sure the whole world knows that you are clever. (laughs) very good hey speaking of uh speaking of uh emails and uh and um uh what's it called anniversaries anniversaries uh happy anniversary buddy yeah happy anniversary to you November fifth, um, two thousand and thirteen, was the day you sent out the seminal email. Um, and November eleventh, as you uh, correctly pointed out, was uh, was our one year anniversary 
for the actual publication of the very first Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Yep. The 8th was the day we actually recorded, and the 11th was the day we went live. And it didn't get as much love as it should have the other day on Facebook, I believe, because it was Veterans Day. And I think people were disregarding my posts <laughs> for, for lack of respect, I guess. How dare them? Great. We're pinned in on Veterans Day. It always <laughs> Celebrating some frivolous shit on a solemn day, you know. Ninety percent of the posts on Veterans Day are like, "Thanks for all the service," and I'm like, "It's been one year." <laughs> Talk about stupid shit. <laughs> I would have hated to see what happened if we had launched on Victory Over Japan Day. <laughs> so that uh, that seminal episode. Um, does not fare very well uh, in terms of our overall uh, listenership. Yeah. Although... Um, we might have got a few more downloads because I linked to it. Well, we only got one download this month from that episode. Well, there you go. That's one more person listening to it. Than... Come on, man. 44 episodes ago and one person downloaded? That's not bad. We've got... Um, I think the original count might have been like 45 or something along those lines. And over the year that we have uh, we've been podcasting, we've gotten that number up to 95. Yeah. Well, I know my good buddy Logan Perry's still listening. Because today I, you know, um, an LSU legend uh, named Alvin Dark died today. He played okay. for the Giants back in the day, and he managed the Giants, and he managed the A's to their uh, the third of three consecutive World Series titles in 1974. Uh, so I sent because I was like, Logan will know who Alvin Dark is. So we were going back and forth, and he's like, Oh, you went to the Ole Miss game? I heard you said it on your podcast. I was like, Oh, you're still listening? Sweet. <laughs> He's a grizzled veteran of all 44 episodes? Oh, uh, yeah. He's a guy that's been listening to us from day one. He said he loved our show because it reminded him of what he loves doing best, sitting sitting around in a bar talking sports. <laughs> well, Logan, this one's for you. <laughs> Logan uh, gets gold star status, you know? I like to hear that, a loyal listener. Uh, yeah. I, every once in a while, I'll get um, I'll get some feedback some from from. People who I don't expect, who um, I never thought that they would still be listening, and it's mostly like, "Hey, I heard you um, say you were gonna go, um, you know, take the New Jersey bar again." And I was yeah. like, what? "What? How do you know that?" Uh, listen, to, listen to the podcast. I was like, yep. well, "Yeah, I probably followed it up with a joke, didn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> well, because so, I mean, because I know we talk about downloads, but. I know you and I both aren't naive enough to think that all downloads equal listens. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is fine. Just keep downloading, folks. Yeah. But, uh, you know, listen, if you listen, that that's great. That's great. Uh, more power to you. But Yeah. Um, so it's nice when people prove to us that they're actually listening. I was like, I was like, oh, he knows I went to the LSU Old Miss game because he listened. So he was listening just recently in the last two weeks. Nice. Um, I don't. I, I know you're not a frequent listener, but a um, couple, couple episodes ago I had um, I was babysitting my niece, and she's four, and um, so I thought what would be more appropriate 
during my time uh, molding this young child than to have her record some intros and drops for the podcast. So I set her up in front of the mic and we recorded a bunch of stuff. And um, and there's one where a little girl is uh, introducing the podcast, and that's my niece. So she came over the other day and I had to watch her again. And so she she goes right up to the computer and was like, hey, let's record more commercials. <laughs> and so uh, at the end of our Halloween episode, episode 43 uh, of Angry Vikings and Drunken Albanians, the two sorry excuses Halloween spooktacular. Yes. Um, spooktacular. There is a, uh, there's a rendition of a Halloween song that she had sang, and I dropped that in there. And um, I was wondering if my brother Josh listened and so I didn't say anything to him. I kind of let him stumble across it. Yeah. And I get a text from him. And he, he says, is that? <laughs> is that Emma? First of all, it's his daughter. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what? What? What is, what is she? How did you get that? <laughs> so, you know, it's nice to not only if you listen, frequently you might get a shout out. But even more importantly, you might get a nice little Easter egg dropped in one of these yeah, episodes along it. the way. So uh, so keep on listening, folks. Keep on listening. Yep. Um, speaking uh, of the um, anniversary, you got that? You got that email? Uh, I mean, I can pull it up. Nah. Well, if you can pull it up easily, that that'd be fine. But uh, don't kill yourself, because. All right, I won't kill myself then. Yeah, we got but, plenty uh, of other stuff to I cover. I thought you were going to be ready to read it or something, you know. <laughs> but dramatic. I do. I want to say this though. You know you have. You know you're going to have to start filling your time because I know you like babysitting your niece and all that. I'm sure, right? <laughs> but now you're 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 getting in the position where you're staying at your parents' house, and then everybody's like. Matt's not doing anything. <laughs> uh, the, tonight, I um, so I spent the last two weeks at the condo, um, getting that ready for um, yeah. for the renter and painting and whatnot. Yeah, and just you know doing little shit and the heater broke, so I had to replace the thermostat and like and just you know moderate homeowner responsibilities. And I I wouldn't say that I'm a I'm a great homeowner. I'm an adequate homeowner. And I have just south of a perfectionist attitude. I'm more of a above averageness instead of a perfectionist, you know? Yeah. So, like, I can convince myself that the job I did was good enough. Where a perfectionist might not stop until it's perfect. Like, I start out wanting to be perfect, but along the lines, I'm like, that's good enough. You know? Yeah. So um, I'd been kind of wrapped up in doing all that and, um, you know, kind of shuttling, shuttling back and forth. And I walked in tonight and um, there, my parents were discussing some plans um, for tomorrow um, that involved uh, them watching my, my niece. Because I guess she doesn't have school, so she was going to come over. Yeah. But um, there was a gap where my mom wasn't going to be home. And my dad wasn't going to be home. And I think they just kind of plugged me in by yeah. default. Yeah, they're like, oh, Matt will be here. Ooh, Matt will be here. What, what, I mean, what's Matt got going on? 
<laughs> so yeah, he's maybe it's time. Maybe he has it's... nothing going on in his life. <laughs> Fuck him. He's a babysitter. What's he gonna say? He's living in our place rent free. <laughs> well, he, he does the podcast on Thursday, or as my mom called it, the iPod. You do the iPod on Thursday, so as long as we don't interrupt his uh, his iPod, then his iPod. Basically, he can be here to to babysit the kid. Nice. But jokes on them. I'll record some. I'll record some more intros and yeah, and commercial drops. <laughs> uh, speaking of. Uh, Speaking of home ownership, how's the joint, man? It's pretty good, man. It's starting to come together a little bit more. Um, every day it's something new. You know, I got chair. I, I've acquired multiple chairs for my dining room table in the past week. Are they all it, the same? No, no, different chairs. You've and gone kind of bohemian chic? Yeah, well, apparently, according to my mother, the... Um, the mismatched look is in right now anyway. And and I did Google mismatched dining room chairs, and apparently it really is a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't you watch Friends? I did. I I quit. I probably have seen about 10 episodes of Friends in my life. Uh, all right. Well, I'm they... sorry. That show bothered the fuck out of me. <laughs> they were always whining. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they were hot. I mean, Jennifer Aniston was cool, but once I had control over the television, after my sophomore year, I never watched another episode of Friends. <laughs> you know? I mean, no, Jennifer Aniston was great. You know, I was never too big of a fan of Courtney Cox because she always looked like Skeletor to me. Um, so that's most people would fall into one of two categories. Either you dug Jennifer Aniston or you dug Courtney Cox. Not Matt Soap. Met soap. <laughs> soap, soap was in the Lisa Kudrow camp. Yeah, that's the weird camp. <laughs> <laughs> who's and in the Lisa? Am I right? Who's in the Lisa Kudrow camp? Come on, <laughs> nobody. You know, uh, the Lisa Kudrow camp. Come on, man. That that's like a that's like a pup tent. That camp. <laughs> a one-person pup tent that consists of Matt Soap. <laughs> uh, the Lisa Kudrow camp. Oh God, I'm getting to that email. I am just, I am thumb clicks away from it. Oh, and here I found it. Do you want me to read the very first email? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. We'll read this. On November 5th, 2013, at 7.23 p.m., Matthew DeSantis wrote, Hey, dude. Ellipsis. The <laughs> other day, I was randomly thinking about that USC game at MetLife. Ellipsis. And it dawned on me that weekend was the most fun I've had in a long time. I think today you made fun. I'm not sure, but I think you made fun of me for my use of a... Uh, Use of the exclamation point in a text <laughs> message. It wasn't really making fun of you. It was just I, I was I was kind of like throwing enthusiasm back to you because he wrote cool. <laughs> now I use the exclamation point a lot, but I 
when I use it, I mean it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The only the only uh, punctuation mark that I use more than the ellipsis, more than the exclamation point, is the ellipsis. Yeah, you? I'm, so I'm just browsing this thing and I'm seeing more ellipses to come. So you you accurately point that out. <laughs> that thank uh, you very much. <laughs> I'll continue though. Not just BC of the football game or the debauchery or being able to wax. What I do love is like as long as this fucking email is, you abbreviate because. <laughs> you don't want to be too wordy in your freaking four hundred word email. <laughs> All right. Not just BC of the football game or the debauchery or being able to wax poetic about yesteryear, ellipsis, but being able to kick back and shoot the shit, shoot the shoot the shit about all things orange and non-orange. I'm reading everything as written, even with typos and everything. All right. Then I thought, ellipsis, why not do that more often? Not necessarily get wasted and berate other middle-aged men. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was the guy in front of us, right? Right, who was uh, USC fans. Yeah, you were harassing the piss out of him, but he was actually very civil with us. Very, very civil. Um, I think he enjoyed the spirit of of the tomfoolery, but also they were kicking our ass, so he had every reason to be happy. Yeah, and he just knew you were he he knew you were drunk, and he knew you weren't like mean spirited. Right, you know, and like I, you, weren't, I, you weren't a threat to like take a swing at him. We ended up, we ended up having a few laughs at some point. I don't think at the very end. Yeah, but I think at some point during the transgression. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. Well, I'll pick back up. Not necessarily get wasted and berate other middle-aged men, ellipsis, but take time <laughs> to talk about something I dig. So I started kicking this idea of doing a Syracuse-centric podcast. Like most of my ideas, I first came up with a catchy name, Ellipsis. Sorry, <laughs> excuses. <laughs> then I started thinking about the content, Ellipsis. <laughs> Which would nominally be a Cuse basketball report, Ellipsis. <laughs> but in reality, it would serve as a springboard for all things born out of the Cuse connection, Ellipsis. <laughs> everything <laughs> I can't think of anyone better than you to sit down for an hour or so a week and chat about such nonsense what do you say ellipsis let's get the band back together uh, <laughs> I don't know why you need an ellipsis there <laughs> hope all is well ellipsis <laughs> Sandman <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> you are the king of the ellipsis. <laughs> the emperor of the ellipsis. The emir of the ellipsis. Oh, my God. Uh, How do you spell emir? Because that might, be the, that might e- be the title of this episode. You can invariably spell it A-M-I-R, too. But I think we should spell it E-M-I-R in this, in this way. Um, and I responded... When I got that email, which was later that evening, at 8.40 p.m., on November 5th, 2013, 8.40 p.m., Matt wrote, I'm in, period. (laughs) (laughs) 
you do love the period, man. <laughs> yes, and your response was sweet ellipsis. <laughs> time we will come up with a plan. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, I'm reading this whole string because it's seven emails long and and there's lots of ellipses in here. Yeah. Alright, let's see where else we went. Okay. Alright, well I don't need to go through all this, but I do see all your ellipses in here. Ha ha, ellipses, it'll be cool. <laughs> Uh, but like you said, Ellipsis, it will all come together after a few tries. Uh, well, we did talk about that. Hmm. <laughs> okay, that must have been after, yeah, well, whatever. But um, but good deal, man. Good deal. Yeah. Here we are, man, 45 episodes later. Yeah, 45 episodes later. Damn. We're fucking straight, dead, stuck in middle age right now. I haven't done anything 45 times in a row, and I can't remember when. Yeah, no kidding. Like, that, when, when we started doing this, I was like, I was like, all right, that's cool. We'll do this. But I've never really stuck to anything. Right, right. You know, like, it's a pain in the ass, you know? But, hey, here we are. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which reminds me, I think we got to get back to, you know... Back to the heart of the show, which is breaking down X's and O's of Syracuse basketball, uh, getting on the recruiting trail. Um, Are you serious? No, not at all. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> if I remember, that was download poison, that type of stuff. Yeah, because one, we don't know what we're talking about to begin with. And two, there's plenty of other people who do just as bad of a job as we would have. Yeah, breaking and down that can stuff. Go look at stuff like what I do. You can go look at Fizz, Orange Fizz, or Troy Noons. You know, and those guys do. You know, they put a lot more effort into that. So why put out our half-ass version of that stuff? <laughs> yeah, listen to their full-ass version of it. Yeah, like then... they're actually focusing. A, they have bigger staffs too, but they have guys who are solely focusing on that. Whereas we're trying to focus on not being focused. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, we're a stream of consciousness, whatever strikes our fancy type of uh, type of podcast, right? No doubt. Yeah, with that being said, uh, Rick was the name of uh, the other guy on Magnum P.I. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping with the spirit of not being focused, and people are probably like, "Why are they? Why did? What was the basis for that?" You know, <laughs> and you'll never know. It doesn't matter. You'll never know. You'll just know that Rick was mentioned, and apparently, off off camera, off audio, whatever, there was a conversation about Magnum. And you don't need to know. You just need to know we talked about Rick now, <laughs> a.k.a. Larry Minetti, whose most recent thing, apparently he was on three episodes of the new Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, and according to, his, according to his IMDB page, he's really close friends with like Shirley Jones and David Cassidy and Carl Malden and all these people for some Carl, reason. 
Is Carl Malton still alive? He's been dead forever. Yeah, all right. I thought so. But apparently, I mean, I guess that dude must have been an extra on um, Partridge Family or something if he's friends with Cassidy and Shirley Jones. But but that's about as far as I got in his biography. So. Um, speaking of biographies, you pick up the um, Beheim Bleeding Orange yet? No, man. I didn't pick that up. I got, you know... There's so many other things on my list before I get to the Beheim biography right now. Like other books you have to read or other life shit you got to take care of? Like buy more chairs. <laughs> How many chairs do you need? No, I'm done buying chairs. Although, okay, so I'll tell you about these chairs. So last week uh, I bought, was it last week? or Yeah, it was last Friday. I got four. Ch- I have a table. It could probably put six chairs. All right, can I actually I got eight chairs at it now? But I was like, you know, I looked on Craigslist. This one's like four chairs, blah blah blah, hundred bucks. I was like, all right, they look all right. I went there. I said, I'll give you eighty. She says ninety. I said eighty-five, and we were done. You know, right? It's Craigslist. You know, it's all negotiation. So I got those four chairs. Well, then I saw. This other lady was like, well, I got these two chairs with arms on them, you know, you know, like, I was like, well, that'll be perfect. Two chairs, you know, with arms and that'll complete the set that I need. Cause they were right. kind of looked like the ones I got anyway. Well, you know, she gets back in touch with me this week. We agree to go meet on Tuesday. Like we met at a, she, she calls me up and she's like, uh, like Monday night, I speak to her. And she's like, can we meet at this Kmart parking lot, you know, because, you know, I met you on Craigslist. I really don't want you coming to my house because I hear bad things. And I was like, well, uh, I was like, yeah, but, uh, you know, also you hear these stories about people that meet on Craigslist to do deals that get jumped in parking lots and robbed from. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, well, I'm pregnant, so don't worry about that. Um, but anyway, she starts hustling me. She's like, I got these three other chairs. And she wanted $35 a piece for the chairs of the arms. And she's like, well, I got these two other chairs. You know, I was like, she's like, they're different, but they're still good dining chairs. I was like, yeah, sure. I could use more chairs. I was like, listen, what about I give you 100 for everything? You know, just think it's four chairs, you know. And she's like, she's like, oh, 100? I'll throw in a fifth chair. <laughs> Like, all right, cool. So I go meet her the next day. I go at lunch, I go and meet her out there, her and her husband. And they, they're pulling all the chairs out and they pull out the three chairs that are the three bonus chairs. And I have my money with me, you know. And they pull out the first chair with the arms and then the second chair that's supposed to be with arms, but it has no arms. You know? I'm like, wait, I thought you said you had two chairs with arms. She's like, oh, uh, oh, gee, it has no arms. She's like, let me call my dad. Maybe he took the arms off. I was like, he didn't take the arms off, you know, because you could tell. I'm like, dining room chairs, you know, that's how they come. There's always two armchairs and there's four regular chairs, you know? Right, right. I was like, he didn't take the arms off, but but she went, listen, she calls the dad, and I guess he's hard of hearing or whatever. He's like, what, huh? 
And she's like, did you take the arms off? And I knew what the answer was going to be. I was like, you didn't take the fucking arms off. There were no arms on. <laughs> and she gets off the phone. She's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And the husband's like, well, I think I saw one of those chairs in his studio, her father's studio. I don't know what he does. If he's an architect, I don't know. Whatever it is, he has a studio. Um, and she's like, calls him back. And, but he's in with a client or something. So she's like, well, what do you want to do? Do you even want the chairs? I was like, listen, here's the deal. I was like, why don't I take all the chairs now and I give you 70 bucks? You know, the deal was I was going to get 100 for the five chairs, but that was 100 for five chairs when I thought I was getting, you know, two of the armchairs. Right. Now I'm still going to take five chairs, but I'm only going to give you $70. I was like, I got to give her, because I was like, I kind of want two armchairs. I kind of like symmetry, you know? Yeah, no, it makes sense, man. Yeah, I was like, I want symmetry. It's weird for me. And she's like, oh, well, I was like, I'll give you 70. And if you, because the husband's like, I think the other armchair is at your dad's house. And uh, and I was like, if you, if that other chair does exist, give me a call and I'll come and swap out the other one and I'll give you the other 30 bucks. And she's like, oh, that's fine. That's great. And then I'm like, all right. I was like, y'all got a 10? Because I had $80 on me. And they're like, no. And he's like, oh, I don't carry any cash. <laughs> like, well, here, I'm giving you 60. Because I'm like, I'm not giving them fucking 80. Right. I'll have this incentive to go look for that other chair. Right, right. You know? So I gave her 60, and they were cool with it. And she's like, I'll call you tomorrow. And this was all gone down on Tuesday. So that was yesterday, but she never got in touch with me. So this morning I shot her a text message. She claimed she was going over there at 4 o'clock today to see what was up, but I haven't heard back from her at all. But, I mean, if she wants her 40 fucking dollars, she better, she better go see if that chair is there. You know? yeah, it's 40 bucks for, essentially for one chair. Yeah, basically, you know? But I'm so, like, I was like, if I give her 80 bucks, she'll be happy to take $80 and be gone with it. She's gonna have more incentive to, to actually put a fire under her ass for forty bucks. Yeah, no doubt. You know, so so we'll see how it goes. I I'd rather have the second armchair. You know. Yeah. But but I don't know. It's coming together. The place is looking more homey. Uh, the one thing I find myself doing is gone back the second round through shit that I've been holding on forever. That I went through and I was like, well, okay, I'll put all this in storage. And then last night I was like, let me go back to this. Why am I keeping all this shit? You know? Right. And start. I got a box of shit that's gone straight to the thrift shop. It's random shit, old watches, all kinds of random bullshit. That's just like, why are you holding on to this random bullshit? <laughs> you know? But But I do have the essentials, like an old Voltron that I've had for... 30 years now that is standing you remember voltron yeah the uh was that transformers it was voltron it was uh it was a japanese cartoon where it was like the oh four, they all five lions they all came together to make yeah, one huge Voltron. yes and i don't have his sword anymore he used to have a sword but this thing came with me all the way through came to college and of course when you're in college you people are assholes and some fucking one of my loser one of one of these loser fucking friends of my freshman roommate fucking broke it 
You know, he broke one of the lines. Like, because that's what people do in college. They go, fuck with your shit. Oh, you weren't even there? Huh? You weren't even there. It wasn't like, hey, check out my Voltron. He was. Yeah, it was like some motherfucker's like, oh, this guy's got Voltron. Awesome. And he broke one of the fucking lines because they all snap in. He broke one so one doesn't snap in anymore. So it's just kind of teetering on it. You used to be able to pick it all up at once, you know? Oh, man. That shit pisses me off, man. It's standing, but but it, but but that was, you know, I don't know. You know, the other thing of it was I wasn't raised in a culture of entitled fucking rich kids. <laughs> I just go fuck with people's shit. You know, I was raised, I went to Catholic schools and shit and and middle class areas, I don't know, people were kind of more considerate of other people's shit, you know? Right, right. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Just, Sense of entitlement. That yeah. That kind of yeah. hits it on the head. That you can fuck with anybody's stuff, you know? Oh, the whole world's your dominion. Okay. Enough about my screed on people fucking on the asshole who I don't even know who it is who broke my Voltron, but fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I hope somebody broke something he really liked. (laughs) (laughs) Like his fucking heart. Fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So that's the chair story. I don't know. Um, So after all that's settled, I, and then I went to a, I went to a garage sale, a couple of garage sales on Saturday morning. I got another chair for my desk in there for the office for fifteen bucks, and I, I found a, a set of wind chimes. Paid five bucks for that, and now the wind chimes are blowing, so it's kind of homey now because it's windy outside. Nice. Feeling like I'm in a home now, you know. It's slowly but surely coming together. So I guess with that being said, once all this is done, I'll buy the Jim Beheim book. <laughs> uh, did you get your waffle iron yet? No, I have not gotten that. Because it keeps taking, it keeps getting slid to the um, back burner. All right, I did have this whole lofty idea last week. That I was going to buy that waffle iron and make waffles the next day, you know? <laughs> but then I'm like, i got to unpack all this shit to friggin' do any cooking. So <laughs> I was like, well, I won't buy the waffle iron. That way I don't have to unpack all this other shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the clock's ticking on that. I'm running out of stuff to, to do to put off doing all that stuff. Cause right. I really hate doing that stuff, all the kitchen stuff. Yeah. Putting away all the pots and all that BS. The biggest pain is cutting up all this matte stuff to put on the cupboards, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because you got to measure and then cut it. Oh, what a pain in the ass that is. Uh, yeah, I don't think I had to do any of that stuff because I think uh, maybe we didn't even put mats down. But the cabinets... When we moved into the house, the kitchen was redone within the last few years. So, like, yeah. everything was in pretty good shape. But Well, yeah, this is all new stuff. I just feel like the problem is once you put it in one cabinet, you got to put it in all the rest. Yeah. 
You know, it's like, right, I right. Said, Fuck, I already started. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh well, that'll be taken care of at some point between now and um, when I die. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got, man? Um, here's a little pro tip for anybody listening too. Adult Swim has a great new show on. You can watch it. It streams on the Adult Swim app. They've done three episodes. The Mike Tyson Mysteries. Oh, my God. I saw a promo for that and thought that was the greatest idea since the uh, Harlem Gotrotters meet, meet Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's actually Mike Tyson. They make him look like a fucking idiot. But it's actually Norm MacDonald is the pigeon. It's... It's friggin' brilliant. <laughs> and Tyson does all his own voice work and everything? Yes, but they never make him look... They, they just make... Like, he's willing to subject himself to just being a complete moron. <laughs> oh, you, you gotta watch it. It looked hilarious. really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the premise is they get all the... You know how Mike Tyson actually raises those pigeons and... That uh, he races those pigeons. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the premise that all their mysteries come from people that send his send the messages via his pigeons. <laughs> uh, is it? Uh, it's Norm Macdonald is the producer. Uh, I'm sure he's a producer, but he's he's uh, they have um, four characters. It's Mike Tyson. His his adopted Asian daughter, uh, the ghost. There's a ghost, uh, the Mar- Marcus of Queensbury. You know the Marcus of Queensbury rules for boxing, right? You know so, and then and then the pigeon, which is Norm Macdonald, who apparently was a human whose wife turned him into a pigeon. So those are the four characters, and they go solve mysteries, but. <laughs> The first week was supposed to be, they they were supposed to solve the mystery of, of writing a, a conclusion to Cormac McCarthy's latest book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good, man. <laughs> Smart people who are funny is really really funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's really good. You gotta you gotta watch it. And they're only eleven minutes long, the episodes, you know. Oh really? All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, because you know, Adult Swim does all those half half episode shows. And and the thing is eleven minutes, there's no commercials. It's just a straight eleven minutes of of the show, you know? Right. Yeah. Alright, I'll have to check that out because my yeah. um my Sons of Anarchy uh season six is done on uh, Netflix, so I oh, need okay, something cool. else to my time and now that i don't have to uh rehab the the condo i got some some time on my hands but um plenty of time to be babysitting (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hey man listen to this speaking of uh speaking of uh notable um misogynistic uh undertones um my neighbors who so the cool thing about being back in the um, in the condo this week, yeah. or the last two weeks was um, it 
it's a different part of town than where my house is, and it's really quiet. And like, um, it's it's even though the town is only one mile by one mile, I live. My house is closer to the downtown, so it's a little more hustle and bustle. The yeah. condo is closer to the beach. Yeah, I remember that. It was right near. There's a bowling alley right down, not far from there, right? Right. So it's a little and then more. There's a, there's a kids park right next to the condo building, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. um, little playground, yeah. and we're two blocks from the from the from the beach, so it's a little more hipstery. It's like closer to Stone Pony. It's closer to the Wonder Bar, like yeah. lots of bands and stuff. Um, whereas my house is a little more urban. It's got a little more you know foot traffic that that flows through it, um, both good and bad, but. Um, the condos are like way more tranquil and way more chill. So not only is it kind of a good vibe, um, a lot of people stay there. There's no real reason to leave. So yeah, like, not it's a lot a, of turnover. Yeah, it's a bunch of single chicks, a bunch of young couples. So I've seen a bunch of people in my building who lived there when I was there, and they'd kind of recognize me and be like, hey, what's going on? I was walking out of my apartment the other day, and the the couple from across the hall were walking out the same time, and they were like, "Hey, you're," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're." I'm like, "Hey, what's going on? Yeah, good to see you. What have you been up to?" And the the dude part of the couple goes, um, "Hey, you got a minute? You think we can talk?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, um, "Let's let's step inside." And I'm like, "Holy shit! What what do you have to tell me?" Well, I don't know. Have we? Have I ever told you about the tenant who lived in the condo? She was totally flaky. Yeah, and she was she subletting ran up ridiculous electrics. Yes, bill. exactly. So I knew she was kind of flaky, and I thought she was playing me a little bit. Um, and you know, I didn't expect to see any of the money that she owes me for the, you know, all the repairs and stuff like that. But um, now I'm not even concerned with getting money from her. I'm kind of concerned of whether or not she's alive because uh-huh. the 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 couple across the hall was telling me that within a month uh, after she moved in, she hooked up with this dude um, who was her boyfriend, who I know as her boyfriend. He will pay the rent sometimes. You know, he'll drop off money for her on her behalf yeah. when she can't... Um, like, I'll, I can't get in touch with her. He'll touch base saying, you know, Susie lost her phone or she's out of town or whatnot um, and kind of act as a go-between, which I always thought was a little strange, but, like, never thought twice about it. But yeah, um, they were telling me that within a month of her moving in, she hooked up with this dude and just started getting into, like, rip-roaring domestic disputes like screaming um breaking um glass kicking down doors like things they could hear to the point where they had to give her refuge on more than one occasion and at least on one occasion while she was naked what and that apparently the dude beat the shit out of her all the time and um, and this one particular instance chased her out of the apartment, you know, from the shower or whatever. 
uh, and they had to give her refuge. And they were like, you know, we tried to, you know, we tried to talk her into calling the police or whatever. And they were like, but, you know, one, she wouldn't. And two, like, how involved do we want to get, you know? And, like, I certainly can't blame them. There's only, you know, it's probably five feet between the doors. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, like... It's not huge yeah, it's It's almost like a dorm. Or, yeah. So, apparently for about a year and a half, um, they caused... App, they wreaked absolute havoc in this place and they were like listen we tried to get a hold of you but we didn't know you know where you lived or we didn't have your number we tried looking up your new address but we didn't you know we didn't think that that was you know our place to do whatever blah 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 so i was like no first of all like here's my info you know next time with this new tenant you know feel free to bring it to my attention hopefully you won't have any of these problems but um you know second of all i would have I would have tried to intervene if I could have. One, for your sake, but two, apparently for, for this chick's sake. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. She moved, and I'm pretty sure she moved with this dude. But, um, you know, from the sound of it, it was a pretty, uh, uh, you know, a pretty hairy situation. So, I mean, I got to kind of reach out to her because she owes me money. She she didn't leave me enough to cover the expenses um, associated with some of the damage they did, which as I'm looking back on all the things I had to fix, they were totally consistent with domestic violence. Like yeah, every throwing stuff, every, yep. Um, it was either high or low. So every piece of damage was foot level or where something was thrown. Like there were no holes in the wall, chest high. There were only holes in the door where it would be, you know, like in the path of a of a kick. Or there would be shit on the ceiling where you might have thrown a glass or, you know, yeah. knock somebody backwards. So well, you found like liquor stains on the ceiling, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were gonna tell you. They were always fighting with all the lights on and the air conditioning going on. <laughs> <laughs> while it was happening <laughs> uh, uh, well on that note yeah well that's that's terrible hopefully you'll get your money back yeah well hopefully she's alive I'd settle on her being alive um, and yeah hopefully she is alive hopefully she's not with that guy anymore yeah but from the sounds of it sounds like uh, sounds like she is so I'll keep you posted yeah, yeah. Let's listen. Figure um, out what happens. See if I can get any of my money back if she is yes. alive. Good people. Yeah, because that's that's the important part. Getting your money back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, you got anything else? Ah, uh, nothing, man. All right. Then on that note, <clears throat> with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo. Thank you.